Okay, welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church Bible Study. We are going to start at Isaiah chapter 51 tonight, if you want to go ahead and pull up your Bible. And by the way, I do recommend you have a paper Bible, even though I have it up on the screen. Because, well, if, if it were me, I would want to have a paper Bible, maybe even some notes, because I would want to maybe make some notes either in the Bible or on the notepad as we go along. So it just helps us to understand. It helps us to stick it into our brain. Okay, so let's get started. <clears throat> First of all, Lord, we give you praise and honor. And we say, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. And we look forward to the day when we can see you at the marriage supper of the Lamb, when we can see you crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. For wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is in darkness, and the light dwelleth with you. And Lord, we know that Heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will never pass away. Your words are eternal. And what we're trying to do tonight is near impossible unless your Holy Spirit is with us to guide us and direct us and show us the deep and secret things. So you did say that wherever two more are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand your word, even though it's written, help us to understand it by the Spirit, what it means to us today, now, and in the future, and also how it ties together with the rest of your word and the rest of your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we are going to be studying what many people to be say to be the probably the second most complicated book in the Bible. Number one would be Revelation. And, of course, I love Revelation. I memorized it, you know. So, But tonight we're going to be reading through Isaiah again. Now, here's what I got when I got into my prayer closet about this. Not covering every scripture, because every scripture is not necessary for us to know today. But the scriptures he's directed me to bring to you typically have to do with us today or Jesus. Uh, in his crucifixion process. And also we're going to be, if we get to it, we'll be covering some of the things about the future, the millennium and things like that. So uh, let's get started. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 51. And I should have gone here and here. And share. Okay. And we want this view. Okay. Isaiah 51. Hearken to me, Edith. Oh, by the way, my voice <laughs> starts giving out at about an hour. And that last 30 minutes is really tough. I'm coughing and hacking. And when I get done, I can barely talk. So we're only going to go an hour. From now on, the Bible study is only going to be one hour long from 630 to 730 uh, based upon the strength of my voice. 
So anyway, hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord, look under the rock. And who's the rock? That would be Jesus. Look under the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and to Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For I called him alone. Okay, so there's other scriptures, but I know a lot of Christians that have some mixed up ideas, and they'd want to think that America, as a matter of fact, that's what Leslie's going to be talking on this coming Sunday at both 9.30 and 10.30 services. She's going to be talking what is called Kingdom Now. And these are, sad to say, some mixed up people that think that Israel lost their blessing because they crucified Jesus. And now the Christian church in America takes over all of Israel's blessings. And they say that they believe that they're going to take over the world. And then when the Christians in America take over the world, then Jesus will return. And those of you that know your Bible are saying, what? Where did they get that? Well, she's going to show you where they get that. And it's some more twisted thinking. You know, it's people grab a verse here, grab a verse there, and they stick some Velcro on it, and they move it around, and they twist it, and they make it say things that God did not say. She's going to cover that. That's her call as a prophet to point out. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to her, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes ago. And I said, well, you know, I don't see these things. I'm not called to dig this stuff out, but she is. She sees things that are wrong in the church that most people don't see. I mean, I'm not called to point out wrong in the church. She is. And, you know, that's that's one of the primary roles of a prophet is to tell God's people what they're doing wrong. So I strongly recommend you watch what she's going to be talking on this coming Sunday. Anyway, look at Abraham, your father, and to Sarah that bury you, for I called him alone, I mean Abraham alone, and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden. Now, obviously, that's talking about in the millennium. And her desert like the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Hearken to me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near. My salvation is gone forth. And mine arm shall judge the people, and the isle shall wait upon me, and upon mine arm shall they trust. Meaning, I was sent out a way for people to get saved. They just need to accept it. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens, now, in case this is a second verse we've run across that confirms this. Last week we read one where it says, when Jesus returns, the sun, the moon, and the stars, all gone. Um, and all of the evil is all burned off of the earth in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. This is confirmation what happens to the heavens, the sun, moon, and the stars. The heavens shall vanish away like smoke. All of the stars, all of the moon, all of the sun. I mean, if that ought to give you some kind of an idea of how much power Jesus has when he returns. By the way, he does not have that power now. He gets that when he stands before the Ancient of Days 
and he has given dominion, kingdom, and glory. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. And that's when he gets all power and glory. Lift up your eyes to heaven, so look upon the earth beneath, for the heaven shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment it has today, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. In other words, we grow old and we die. But my salvation be, shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Now, we want to go to my next selected... Oh, man, I messed up. If I can remember how to do this here. Okay, we're going to jump to Isaiah 53. This is the prophecies about Jesus. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the Lord revealed? Let me remove that. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. Okay, so that's where a lot of people get that Jesus was comely, meaning he wasn't beautiful, wasn't really handsome. The Antichrist, though, they say that he is the most handsome man they've ever seen. But again, that's what he's all about, is pleasing the flesh. But in that Jesus, it says here, is comely. In other words, he's a, a common-looking person. People that have seen him in dreams or visions, that's what they say about him. You know, he's, he's not extremely handsome. He's just an ordinary-looking guy. Hath no form nor comeliness, and we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. So it's openly saying, you know, he's not an attractive guy. But then that's not what he's about. He's not about the flesh. He's about the spirit. He is despised and rejected of men. That's true, he was. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yes, he went through the most painful death of any human in history. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. All of that he endured to wash our sins away. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised, and I mean literally beaten, okay, for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace, in other words, the whooping we were supposed to take, he took, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, he fixed us. And with his stripes, we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've all sinned. That's what it's saying. Have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid upon him, Jesus, the iniquity of of us all. So reason Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So at that moment, God turned his back on Jesus to put all of the sins on him, the sins of all of the people that would accept him, both in his lifetime and then moving forward. Verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. In other words, when they said, are you the Christ? He said, thou sayest that I am. Did you do this? And he wouldn't open his mouth. He, he wouldn't defend himself. And just like Trump and his court fiasco today, 
didn't, uh, I mean, he did open his mouth for some four minutes, tried to defend himself, but Jesus never did. Why? Because it was assigned by God and he agreed upon it before the foundation of the world that he would die for the sins of his people. He would die for his bride. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, verse 7. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought up as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, killed, crucified. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. I mean, you can't get any more clear and direct than that. And he made his grave with the wicked. Okay, so he was hung on the cross between two sinners. And with the rich in his death, and he was put in the tomb that was supposed to be Jer Jer uh, Joseph of Arimathea. I've been there. I've been in the tomb. And right outside the tomb was a vineyard. And of course, uh, probably Joseph of Arimathea was a very wealthy man. A lot of people drank a lot of wine. And I have seen pictures of the big, large underground uh, place where he stored up his water so he could water his vineyard in the times of drought. So, I mean, he was buried with rich and with rich in his death because, because he has done no violence. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth. He was tempted in every way, yet without sin. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Okay, so God allowed it. Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay it down. If I lay it down, I'll take it up. So Jesus could have called 12 legions of angels at a moment's notice. He could have turned that all around. And that's what the devil, that's what Lucifer was hoping he would do, which is why he put him through all of those beatings, all of that pain, because at any moment he was hoping Jesus would say, okay, okay, I've had enough. Call 12 legions, you probably wouldn't have had to call but one or two angels, maybe just one angel, and whoo, take care of all of them. So Jesus allowed himself to be nailed to the cross, all of this pain for us. <sighs> Please the Lord to bruise him that he hath put unto him the grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. By the way, we're going to get beyond this. There's other things too. I mean, very important. I mean, Isaiah is a very, very important book. Very deep. Anyway, verse 11. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge, he shall, my righteousness, knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. I mean, that is very clear, very plain what Jesus did. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he's poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, hung on the rock across between two of them, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercessors for the transgressors. Now we're going to go on to uh, the next chapter, chapter 51, 54. Sing, O Baron. This is the covenant of peace. This is the promise of peace coming to Israel and thus us too. Seeing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, bring forth into, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child, 
For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. In other words, he's about to bless Israel and those people that have accepted Jesus. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. I believe that that will be fulfilled when massive amounts of oil will be discovered in Israel. And I don't think that what is going to come out of Israel is a little 50-barrel-a-day stuff, okay? I think it's going to be, I don't know, maybe 10,000, 15,000 PSI. One well will probably provide all of the oil Israel needs. But this is not just oil for Israel. This is oil for the world. We've talked about this a lot of times. And I believe that it will begin to dry the wells of all the surrounding nations, all the Islamic nations around about them. And that's how God is about to bless Israel. Israel is soon to be in the blessings of God like no other nation in history. It's going to shock the world what he's about to do. I'll read that again. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. I think that is Israel coming in, not this war, after they've had a chance, after the oil's been discovered, they spent that money to build up their military, and they go against all of the nations around about them, and boom, there's a great slaughter. They will, in my, my understanding of the scriptures, they're going to slaughter a lot of their enemies surrounding them. And that's why I said, break forth on the right hand and on the left. And I say, look, you wouldn't understand this unless you understood Ezekiel 38 39. You would understand that unless you understand the 33 scriptures I found that says massive amounts of oil will be discovered in Israel and all the other hundreds and hundreds of scriptures I've read in order to be able to get. That's 33 specific verses. Okay? So there's a lot of verses I've read. Again, I got a whole PowerPoint. But I'm not ready to release that yet. PowerPoint's probably been made, well, 10, 12 years. And I've been adding to it as I run across. Anyway, let's go back. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. I can show you the verses that are tied specifically with oil that says, how are they going to be inhabited? Are the Jews going to go on to a massive baby campaign? No. Jews and Christians around the world are going to move to Israel in mass. That's the reason one of these days I believe that God will allow me to buy an airline. I didn't say an airplane, an airline to fly Christians and Jews back to Israel. Okay. To be inhabited, fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. In other words, all the problems, all the, the 2,000 years of not being with God, it's all going to be wiped clean. God is going, he's about to raise up Israel big time. For thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Redeemer of the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken, and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith God. In other words, right now, the whole world's refusing Israel. Big mistake. For a small moment have I forsaken thee. That's the 2,000 years since Jerusalem was destroyed. 
But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee ever again. Once the blessing returns, which Jerusalem would be trodden down to the Gentiles till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Okay, it's like I can feel in the spirit. Some of the people are saying, where did this guy get such wisdom? Okay, well, let me clarify that. It's not me. <laughs> I prayed a lot before each one of these Bible studies. We prayed before we, this is the way, all glory goes to the Lord. Okay, four. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills shall be removed. What happens then? That That's because every high place falls, every valley fills in, the rough places are made smooth, the crooked places are made straight. Because between, here, let me jump, I can show you. Okay, right there. Oh, wait, no, no, I, I, I got to do it right here. Hang on. Hmm. All right, let's see, how do I do this? Hang on. I need to go to window. All right, I got it, I got it, I got it, okay. And I think you can see my my mouse. Okay, so what was I going to show you now? This is what I want, isn't it? Ah, too many things passed under the bridge here. But I forgot what I was trying to make a point on. Hang on. It'll come back to me. I'm getting old, but not that old. Hang on. Present share screen window here. Okay. Okay, I, now, I, now I remember what I was going to show you. Okay, hang on. It's important. See if I can do this a little faster. I wish there was a button I could just push to pop between this window and that window. And this is what I want. Okay, so, but this is not the, this is, okay, that I want right here. No, this one. Okay, so, as I've said many times, Next time Jesus returns is on first fruits. He resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. He walks around on the earth for 50 days. Then we, both the Jews and the Gentiles, both the barley and the wheat, go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, where Jesus is crowned King of Kings and given all glory. Four months, about. Later, we return with him for the grape harvest or for Armageddon, and we watch all of the sinners burned up. This is when all the sun, moon, stars are all dissolved. Now, here's the point. Just wanted to get to. Then, for the next 10 days, between trumpets and atonement, the earth shakes. That's when every mountain falls, every valley is filled in, the rough places are made smooth, the crooked places are made straight. And I'm trying to make this a little smoother here. It's not letting me make it smooth. It's step by step. Anyway, here we are. Okay, so we're back to this. So, as the mountain shall depart, and the hill shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. 
O thou afflicted, tossed and temptest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and thy foundations with sapphires. That's talking about the wall that goes around the New Jerusalem. And I can take you over in Revelation, but there's no sense in showing you that. I will make my, thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. That's in the millennium. That's in eternity. Not just for a thousand years, but that's eternity. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall suffer surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. There's another scripture I think we read last week that said, though the whole world comes down to attack and destroy Israel, not going to happen. So Britain and America right now think they're helping Israel. Iran, the Houthis, and also Gaza and Lebanon, they think they're hurting Israel. Well, they're hurting them, but they're not destroying them. Uh, it, it's a big mistake to go against Israel. I tell my children, don't ever ever go against Israel. Genesis 12, 3 says, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. You go against Israel, and you're cursed. Uh, it, they may do something wrong. Sometimes they do something, just like America does. Sometimes Leslie and I do wrong. But don't go against Israel. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Don't do it. Okay. Behold, verse 15. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for my sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. He's talking about all of these nations that have come down to attack Israel for Armageddon. No weapon that is formed against thee, meaning Israel, shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So it's not just Israel. We can claim that too. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now, we're going to keep on. We go to the next yeah, next chapter. Two. Okay, keep going. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. How is it you can buy milk without money? Hang on. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which is which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently to me, and eat ye that which is good. Let your soul delighteth itself in, there's the answer. Fatness. Well, the reason that is grayed out is because, see, this is my personal Bible program. And when I was doing research on all of the crude oil, I did, I went back to the Hebrew and I believe the word there is mashman. That's just from my memory. Well, here, I guess I can check, but that's talking about crude oil. So it's saying crude oil is going to give them all of this blessing. Here, I'll show you. Okay. Go down here to, wait, I got to get on the right verse. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. Fatness, fatness, fatness right here. Uh, no, Deshin. All right, so it means the fat, abundance, ashes of sacrifices. Well, in other places, it also is talking about crude oil. Rest assured, if it's in gray, it's talking about crude oil. Incline your ear and come unto me here, 
and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. This is Israel. Even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I've given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee shall run unto thee, because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified thee, having to do with crude oil. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Those are really good words for worship. When you go into your prayer closet, uh, first thing I do is thank the Lord. Second thing as I do is go in and praise and worship. Those are some very good praise and worship words. I would recommend that verse 8 be in your memory verses. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Again, those are those are wonderful worship. Because, see, praise is telling God what he does. Worship is telling God who he is and that you love him for it. Okay, so let's go on here. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, make it bring forth bud, that I may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. He shall not return to me void. That's a big, powerful memory verse right there. Shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing. That's talking about the millennium in full fulfillment. But I also think that a portion of that is about to happen when oil is handed over to Israel. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Good stuff. Now let's go to chapter 56. Thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgment and do justice. Be nice we had that in our nation right now. Just like Trump just said today, we have no justice. Our, our justice system is broken. Our nation is broken. It's corrupted. I agree. Keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath, What's a eunuch? One that has been castrated and cannot have children. Eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths, and choose those things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them which I give in mine house, and with my walls a place and a name better than the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord, to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants. Everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, take the hold of my covenant. Now, what's the Sabbath? It means from sundown Friday night till sundown Saturday night, 
we're supposed to worship him, which is why we have our Friday night Bible study. And we are not supposed to do things like go and buy things or sell things. It's not the time to do business. So if you have something to buy, don't buy it during that time. Even then, we're bringing into my holy mountain. Uh, what's a holy mountain? Well, there is a holy mountain today, but there is also another one that where the New Jerusalem was set down just south of Jerusalem. Try this again. The New Jerusalem will set down just south of the New of the old Jerusalem. Okay, I don't know if I made myself plain there. But anyway, I will, uh, even I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. The Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel saith. Gathereth the outcasts? What's it talking about? It's talking about every Jew on the planet will move back to Israel. Yet will I gather others to him. And who is that? That's us. Okay, Others to him besides those that are gathered unto him. All ye beasts of the field come to devour. Yea, all the beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. I believe this is, yeah, yeah, probably talking about Israel too, but it's certainly talking about America right now. I mean, how many prophets do you see that believe in a pre-trib rapture? That's false, okay? First thing to, to point out that you don't listen to them, but they believe in a pre-trib rapture, in my opinion. Um, how many pastors refuse to talk on Bible prophecy or the end times because they're afraid people will get scared and not come back and they're more interested in money in the offering plate than they are them preaching the word of God. His watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. They're dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs. See, in my opinion, one of the primary reasons why the pre-trib rapture is, and I'm sorry, I love my pre-trib rapture, brothers and sisters, okay, I'm not trying to beat up on you, but what I've seen is that as soon as I switched from believing in a pre-trib rapture to telling people that was not correct, my donations started going down. And I will say this, that right now it is near impossible to have an end-time ministry unless you are pre-trib. Because, matter of fact, I had a dream where God spoke to me the dream and said, my people beat my servants with their checkbook. Let me say it again. My people beat my servants with their checkbook. Because if they don't like it, they don't give. And boy, is that true. I mean, Prophecy Club should be a lot, Spirit of Prophecy Church should be a lot bigger than it is, but Leslie and I refuse to compromise. Matter of fact, I'll tell you a little story. We had a couple <clears throat> that were one of the founding couples of the Spirit of Prophecy Church. And they they were at our church like for, I don't know, eight years? I don't know, maybe six years, something like that. Long time. And then one day they got crosswise and left the church. And they were gone for seven years. And, well, I'll just tell you the story. So probably about two months ago, I was driving to get my neck cracked because my back was hurting, heading to the chiropractor. As I'm driving down the road, the Lord speaks my heart. He says, call him. Call him now. 
And I, this is not a convenient time. You know, I'm about to go to the chiropractor. I mean, I'll call later. No. Spoke to Mark's call right now. Fine. <laughs> Driving down the road, I call him. He answers the phone, and I said, I don't even tell him. This is Pastor Sam. He knew my voice. He knew I was calling. And I said, what would I have to do to get you and I mentioned his wife's name to come back to the Spiritual Prophecy Church? And he let out this big belly laugh. And apparently his wife was standing next to him at the time. And he told her what I said, and she laughed. He said, the reason we're laughing is because we were just talking about it, that we have not found our church we have not been happy since we left the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Yes, we'll come. Now, it wasn't that Sunday. It was a Sunday later. But now they've come several times, and they're back with us. So after the first time they were back, and after I, I gave the sermon, I walked out into the congregation greeting people. You know how you work in. And I walked over to them, and he pointed to the pulpit. And he said, that is what we've been missing. He said, I can tell you, no, we've been many churches visiting around. There is not another church out here that preaches the truth. Anything like what I just heard right there, there is not one. And his wife says, we, we visited lots of them. And I said, well, what are they like? He said, well, they're all playing games. They're partying. They're having a good time. They're making people, it's a feel good, it's a soft, comfortable message. No one is telling people what's really going on. No one. I don't mean just very few. He says, I mean, I, we couldn't find one that was telling the people the truth. Let me read it again. His watchman. And by the way, that doesn't necessarily mean only the people that teach Bible prophecy. Everyone that is standing behind a pulpit should be preaching the truth. His watchmen were blind, they're ignorant, dumb dogs, cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber, greedy dogs, because they know. Matter of fact, there are congregations that make their pastors sign a paper every year that you believe in these statements of belief. And one of them has a line there, you believe in a pre-trib rapture. If they don't sign that, their job is gone. They're greedy dogs. Now that never have enough. There are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his own gain from his quarter. Come, you say that. <clears throat> let's try it again. Come, you say they. I will fetch wine and we will fill ourselves with strong drink. And tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. In other words, let's eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. We don't care. Okay. And that's the attitude in a lot of, a lot of pastors, a lot of churches. So we are told they. It, it, let, let, let me just let me just uh, let me just be honest for a minute. Let me tell you something I probably shouldn't say. So about Thursday or Friday of last week, in my prayer closet, I on my knees, I said, "Lord, let me just say." Building, starting a church, the anointing just touched me, so it's okay for me to tell you this. I mean, just just touched me, so. Building a church, starting a church is 
the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Now, let me compare that to what I used to do. Straight out of high school, I went into door-to-door sales. I sold heat and smoke detectors for six years. Five-time nationals champion. Then I went to selling business to business, uh, where I would go into the business and I would teach and train their salespeople or the management people. I did that for 13 years. Part of it was being a public speaking instructor. And there was a lot of very, very difficult things I'd done. But on my knees in my prayer closet, just between me and the Lord, I said, but by far, and also Prophecy Club, I mean, a lot of difficult things I've done there. But I said, by far, the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life is start and try to run and build a church. And I said, you know, this is what I said in my prayer class. I said, you know, we were on radio in the DFW area for a lot of years. And that would, from time to time, bring visitors into the Spirit of Prophecy Church. But we've been off radio now, I don't know, in DFW area for three or four years. And I said, so at this point, I have no way to bring in new people. Unless you send the Holy Spirit to bring in people, it's not going to grow. And from time to time, every church loses people. And I said, so I would really like it if you would start sending people such as should be added. I don't mean people that walk in and their eyes are great big and they can't stand this stuff and they leave. We've seen plenty of that. But sending people where they're hungry, they're thirsty for the truth, they're thirsty for the end times, and they want to know about the things that are going on. Send those kind of people in Jesus' name. Sure enough, a man and woman walked in Sunday morning. And the man was holding up a cell phone, you know, like this, if you can see it, like this, as I was talking. But I, I felt good about him in my spirit. So, I mean, I kept talking and ignored that. And after it was over, I walked up to introduce myself. I mean, they walked in because they when they walked in, I was already in front of them. The, the, the church. We love what you're saying. We checked you out. We looked at your website, Spirit of Prophecy Church and Prophecy Club. We looked at several videos and we love what you're doing. And they said, uh, they asked me all kinds of questions. I mean, they were like, you memorize the book of Revelation? Uh, he memorized the book. Of, you know, and so this is exactly what we've been looking for. I thought, thank you, Lord. See, this, sad to say, this is why a lot of churches, I get emails. I live up, live up in Chicago or I live up in Timbuktu someplace. Is there a church that you could recommend I go to? I said to Leslie yesterday, I said, you know, we're talking about Trump. And I said, you know, Trump could do so much to help our nation. If we just start saying simple things, like pray for me, pray for our nation. And it'd be really good if he were to say, I'd like everyone to consider going to church this Sunday. But the problem is, the next thing is what church? I said, because most of the people going to the churches in America, if he were to say, he wouldn't, but if he were to say, they need to go to a church so they can get saved, so they can find Jesus, good luck with that. Because they go to most churches, they wouldn't find Jesus. They would find Christmas trees. They would find Easter eggs. They would find Sunday 
uh, sunrise services, and all kinds of pagan stuff. Anyway, so the problem, enough of that, enough of that. The problem is we got a lot of problems, but it starts, or it should have been fixed in the church. Okay, so next chapter. The righteousness perisheth. Try again. The righteous perisheth. And no man lay it to heart, and merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. Now, a lot of pre-tribbers use that as, oh, oh there you go. That, that shows that we go, we don't see any trouble. Well, that's not exactly accurate uh, because there's a thousand shall fall at the side and 10,000 at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. It didn't say you're going to get sucked under the ear so you don't have to go through any trouble. Okay, so let's keep going. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his right uprightness. But draw neither hither, you sons of the sorceress, the seed of the adulterer and the whore. Against whom do ye sport yourselves? Against whom do you do you make ye a wide mouth and dry out the tongue? Are you not the children of transgression, a seed of the falsehood? Inflaming yourselves with the idols under every green tree. Wait a minute, what? What, what green tree are you talking about? It's the green tree that gets set up in the month of December where they decorate it, they hang balls on it, and then they put their idols under the tree. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You, you're talking about the Christmas tree? Well, I'm not saying it. The Bible's saying it. If you go in and do a research on groves or trees, you'll find that it's one of the big three that Jesus did not want done. Do Tear down the groves, tear down the idols, tear down the groves. A lot of times. Anyway, inflaming ourselves with idols under every green tree, slaying the children in the valleys under the cliffs of the rocks. Oh, we don't slay any children in America? No. Well, then how come there's 40,000 children missing every year? And how many abortions are there? Okay, all of that is Moloch and Ball stuff. That's child sacrifice. Among the smooth stones of the stream is thy portion. They, they are of thy lot. Even to them hath poured out a drink offering. Thou hast offered a meat offering. Should I receive comfort in these? This is God talking to Israel. Upon a lofty and high mountain hast thou set thy bed. Even thither wentest up to offer sacrifice. What do they do in the high mountains? They go up and offer sacrifices. And yes, sometimes that is putting their gifts pouring out meat offerings and drink offerings to their God, their God under the Christmas tree, or the tree. But sometimes it's Moloch and Bald sacrificing their children. Behind the doors also in the post hast thou set up the remembrance, for thou hast discovered thyself to another than me, and art gone up, and thou hast enlarged thy bed, so we're talking about adultery, and made thee a covenant with them. Thou lovest their bed where thou sawest. And thou wentest to the king with ointment, and didst increase thy perfumes, and didst send thy messengers far off, and didst debase thyself even unto hell. Now, we want to believe, okay, this is talking about Israel. It's not talking about America. Well, actually, yeah, talking about Israel is talking about all the nations that forget God. Thou art wearied in the greatness of thy way, yet saidest thou not. There is no hope. Thou hast found the life of thy hand, therefore thou wast not grieved. And of whom hast thou been afraid or feared that thou hast lied? And hast not remembered me, nor laid it to heart? Have not I held my peace even of old, and thou fearedest me not? I will declare thy righteousness and thy works, 
for they shall not profit thee. When thou criest, let the companies deliver thee. When the wind shall carry them away, vanity shall take them. But he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. He's saying, you know, if you turn away from me, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you hard. Okay, I think. Let's go to the next chapter. Cry aloud, spare not. Now this is him talking to Isaiah. <coughs> Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people the transgression. That's the job of a prophet. That's the reason Leslie is talking to this coming Sunday morning at 9.30 and 10.30, which you can watch on the internet. Show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God, they ask. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore we have fasted, say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul and has taken no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, ye shall find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of the wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. They have displeased God. It is such a fast that I have chosen. A day for a man to afflict his soul is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him, because that's the way in the days before Jesus they used to get their sins forgiven. Will thou call this fast an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you may break every yoke? It is not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor are cast out of thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou coverest him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee, the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. I'm going to keep going. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. In other words, when you clean up your act, then he'll answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here am I. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, if thou draw out the soul to be hungry and satisfied in the afflicted soul, then shall thy light arise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. Here comes something important in a second. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones, that thou shall be watered, a water garden like a spring of water whose waters fail not. If you turn to me, I'll bless you, is what he's saying. And they shall be of thee, shall build the old waste places. This is talking about our day. When Israel gets the oil, that's what they're going to start doing, is building up the old waste places. Thou shalt rise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of past to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Here it is. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. Now, what's that saying? Is that saying you're going to live up on the top of the mountains? 
know there's some pretty high mountains in Israel. And I can tell you, it's not fun living up 8,000 feet above sea level and you can hardly breathe. I mean, all you do is just sit there because as soon as you get up, you're huffing and puffing. So he's not talking about living on the top of the mountains. He's talking about that Israel will be the wealthiest nation on earth. Let me read them. Uh, Ezekiel 20 verse 6 says, To bring them forth to the land of Egypt into a land flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. Ezekiel uh, 20 verse 15, bring them into the land which I've given to them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. That's two verses that says Israel is the glory of all lands. Well, right now it doesn't look like the glory of all lands, but you wait, high pressure, mega amounts of oil, be turned over to Israel, and they're going to build the waste places. These things are going to start happening. Then shall I delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. And for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. How are we doing on time? Okay, I think we can get one more chapter in. Let me jump over here. Okay, I guess we don't have any big questions. All right, move along here. Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You're not hearing from God? You're not getting blessed from God? There it is. For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. In America, you know, you can tell when someone's a Christian because when they're not a Christian, which most people aren't, there's filth in it coming out of their, their mouth all the time, and they don't even know it. Filthy words. Verse 4. None calleth for justice. That's true in America right now. Nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. That's America right now. They hatch cockatrice eggs. I believe that that's snake eggs. And weave the, the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and he which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity. Now, what's iniquity? Well, if you smoke one cigarette, let's call that a sin. But if you become a chain smoker, that's iniquity. In other words, they sin, they don't even realize they're sinning, and they sin by habit. They don't even think about it. That's just the way they live. Cuss all the time, drink all the time, carouse around all the time. They're frequenting the bars. They're just filthy, filthy people. That's that's iniquity. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil. We see a lot of people in America, their feet run to evil. They don't run to churches. They don't run to the Lord. They don't run to their Bible. They run out to the bars. They run out to the ball games. They run out to anything where they can have fun and ignore God. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not. There is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. 
Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us. That's America right now. Neither doth justice overtake us, for we wait for light. But behold, obscurity. For brightness, we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar like the bears and mourn sore like doves. We for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but is far from us. Talking about America today. It's talking about a nation that's forgotten our God. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the words from the heart words of falsehood. The Bible says out of the, the heart man speaketh. And that's the reason people cuss, filth, perverseness, and they don't even know what's coming out. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. Boy, that's true in America right now. And he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. What? Let me read that again. He that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. See, in America, how was it to say this? That God that wrote the book 1984 said it. That it's something like, you're in danger if you're after the truth in an unrighteous nation. And that's not even close to what was said, but that was basically what was said. He that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with a zeal as a cloak. According, I think that's out of Ephesians 6.12, almost word for word. According to their deeds, according he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the islands, he will repay recompense. That means you're going to get what you sowed. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The standard is the Ten Commandments. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Wow. Well, we've run out of time. Okay, well, <clears throat> I don't know if we'll start in Isaiah next week or not. Uh, we will see. So we're, I don't know, got about the same number watching tonight as I had last week. So let me pray for you. Lord, 
I love these people. You love these people. In a nation that has fallen away from you, a group of people that will give an hour of their time to listen to you, to study your word, deserves your blessing. They deserve to hear from you. Lord, tonight I would say, if there's anything in our hearts, our lives, that is displeasing to you, that you speak to us about it. Help us get it out. Get the sin out. As Visine wants to get the red out, your blood wants to get the sin out. Help us to get the sin out. Second thing, we know trouble's coming. We know trouble's coming to our nation. We know that our nation is fallen, has fallen, has become the habitation of the devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. We know that our nation is about to be judged. Lord, we ask first that you would help us be prepared prepared spiritually to do that thing that is pleasing in your eyes. Second, help us to be prepared to protect and provide for our family as well as those round about us. So that whatever we do for the remainder of our life, when we see you, we hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm also going to close by saying, if you have not joined the Prophecy Club, if you've not subscribed, then please do so. Also, we ask you to join Prophecy Club, $9.90 a month. And I don't know if you're going to be, you're probably not seeing a QR code down there on a Friday night Bible study that's live. But you can go to prophecyclub.com and certainly sign up there. Why sign up? Because God has told me he's going to give me thousands upon thousands of souls. He's given us part of the harvest from the seed sown by Billy Graham. Leslie's confirmed that in a dream she had too. So if you want to be sharing in those souls and part of those souls, part of the blessing, then you join and you support that ministry. And then you'll be you'll be entering into heaven with some rewards, not empty-handed. God bless you. Thank you for watching.